Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. Hello and welcome to another episode of An Irishman Running Abroad. Well, after last week's masterclass on marathon training, we were inundated with emails, questions and more requests for further discussion on this subject. So today we will dig a bit deeper into the do's and don'ts of training for the big one, the marathon. Before that, we're going to talk about one of the most effective ways to improve your running, speed, form, efficiency and a way of looking fully crazy to the untrained eye. Drills. You know the things I'm talking about. Skips, high knees, butt kicks, walking, knee hugs. They're, they're so varied. They're as varied as they are embarrassing to do. But why <laughs> should we all be doing them? Are they really that important? Is it better to avoid the humiliation of doing them under the cover of darkness? Well, here to answer all the smart questions submitted by you guys on Strava and some of the dumber ones that I've suggested is the Irish athletics icon, Sonia O'Sullivan. Sonia, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm okay. Um, yeah, I've had a bit of a roller coaster of a week down in Eugene, Oregon at the US Olympic trials. But yeah, we're back to the grind, as Sophie would say, and um, <laughs> looking forward because, you know, there's there's still work to be done. There's still athletes out there training and preparing for the Olympics, you know, which are just about a month away now, or mm. exactly a month away, and the athletics will be starting. So, um, yeah, we have that to look forward to. And the countdown is, is really on now. Uh, my heart did go out to you at the trials there when you kind of look at it from outside. It is like the college offers coming in or you getting your CAO points that you kind of no one can really celebrate, I guess, because they're like probably two feet away from somebody who's on the other side of the coin and there's just a hair's breadth between them. You obviously witnessed both sides of that with people that you were coaching or you were around not making it and those that did and sometimes it was a complete surprise yeah and you know you go through a whole series of emotions all week because the athletes they have to go through heats and semi-finals and then there is a big celebration when athletes get into the final but then that's when you know you really have to stand up and perform and deliver the result because you know the u.s trials it's one of the few countries where it's top three across the line make the team and that's it. It's mm-hmm. pretty cutthroat. And, you know, there's some events where, you know, I, there are three athletes who stand out above the rest. And then there's, particularly in the middle distance races, it can, you know, come down to, it can be a lottery sometimes of who's going to do it because there's, like last night we were at the, the men's 1500 was on and there was 12 men on the start line. and you know, you could have run that race over and over again and you probably would have got a different result every time yeah, because sure. there was enough people in there of, you know, a good enough ability to, you know, get into the top three. And, you know, unfortunately, we had Craig Engels running, who's, you know, one of the biggest characters in the sport and he's got, like, so many fans and people out there supporting him. And he came up short and finished fourth. And, 
you know, all year he hasn't been out of the top three in races. And to finish fourth, it was devastating. And, you know, he was fourth in 2016. And, you know, you wake up this morning and you have all these questions and you kind of, you know, I can't, I mean, I know how he's feeling because I've been there myself in different situations. And you just question everything that you do and all the time and effort you put in and, you know, is it worth it? But I suppose Mm -hmm. you just you just have to keep going and you have to find a way because when you do break through and you, you know, achieve success eventually, you know, it's so worthwhile and, and even more worthwhile. I think when athletes, you know, it takes them longer to get there and they have hardships along the way. Yeah. But like, what do you say to him? That's the other thing is like, I think we've all had a moment in our life where there is nothing that can be said to you, that there is no comfort to be found in words. Would you have even attempted? Would any of you guys have attempted to say anything to Craig? Or was it just a matter of, you know, just being there and putting the arm around the shoulder? Or could you even get that close to him? Oh, yeah, it was strange. We were we walked out of the stadium, you know, we waited, we watched the last event was the men's 200 meters and then we came out and um, I was with one of the, the physios and Donovan Frazier, 800 meter runner who was injured and um, he, you know, he made the final, but he didn't make the team. And, you know, so he was amazing. He came down for the week and supported the rest of the team. And that's, you know, we were talking on the drive back last night that being part of an athletics team it's kind of strange because you're part of a team, but you're also individuals. And like mm. you said, you'll have success and failures. And, you know, on the same, you know, night that you have Craig finishing fourth, we had Raven Rogers in the 800 meters finishing second. And, you know, she just, you know, she's an amazing athlete. She was second at the world championships in 2019, but she just rose to the occasion and, you know, had the belief and the, you know, the desperation to get herself on the team. And so you're celebrating that, but then you're also trying to balance that with comforting somebody who Mm -hmm. who doesn't achieve that same level of success, who, you know, equally deserves it for the work and the effort that they put in. So, yeah, that's where it gets a bit tricky. And, you know, of course, you have to, I suppose you have to get involved with the emotional effect of that, but then you also have to find a way out and, you know, find a way forward for, you know, yourself as a coach to, you know, be there for all the athletes, you know, whatever level of success or, you know, failure that they have, you have to help them through that. Yeah, I mean, you're right. You can't exactly uh, pop the champagne for Raven Rogers because, you know, someone else just just wants to bury their head in their hands. And tell me this before we move on. It must be on your mind as you're coaching them that, this day of reckoning is coming and that, God, we hope everybody has a happy day that day. But you know that the chances are that isn't going to be it. Is it is it in your head the whole time? Not really, no, because I think you go in there and I think when you're at a certain level and you've been at a certain level, you go in there really positive and hmm. believing, you know, that you can achieve, you know, the, the ultimate you know, goal of winning a race or being successful. And you have to believe that and you, you can't, you know, think about what if, because you deal with that when it comes along. I think you just have to believe the preparation you've done, the training you've done and that, you know, you're ready. But 
you know there's other people on the start line who are ready as well and you just don't know what that's going to turn up like the the guy who won the race last night Cole Hawker he's like 19 years old he's a freshman in college what (laughs) he goes out and wins (laughs) yeah unbelievable you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, and and in second place was you know Matt Centrich the 2016 Olympic champion you know it's kind of like the youngster you know there's no respect there for the Olympic champion I'm just going to go out there and beat him and uh you know go to the Olympics himself so um that's crazy so that guy who wins the race at 19 years old was wasn't even doing his junior search when Craig was fourth the last time probably not no so four years ago yeah yeah Sheeps. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I guess uh, it's also weirdly the reason why we watch these sports, the reason why the Olympics is so incredibly attractive as a spectator event, because so much of people uh, people's lives are invested in it. And part of the spectator part of it is the is the heart heartbreak and the fact that it means so much when people do qualify. What's the next step? for someone like Craig where they feel like uh, I don't know what 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 happens from here for you 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 would have I guess you take it a couple of days to mourn it do you you do I mean you have people and friends around you and I think that's where you kind of step away from in many ways you step away from your coach and the people who are invested in you and you go to your friends who will take you away from the whole thing and try and distract you because I think you have to process it yourself eventually. But for a few days, you have to be distracted and just kind of, I don't know, like everybody, everybody's there. They want to celebrate and have a good time. But at the same time, you have to see the reality of it all, you know, that it's just a small part of life. And, um, you know, it's it was in 1996, there's a famous quote when I failed to finish in the Olympics and my dad, you know, he, he got caught talking to the press because I was too devastated. I just couldn't find the words. And he said, you know, he said, nobody's died and, you know, we'll all wake up and go to work tomorrow. I remember and, it, yeah. You know, and, is it, you know, even the athletes here, the, you know, we all kind of do a little bit of research on each other. And uh, that quote still gets turned back and, you know, given back to me and they, you know, people all over the world can relate to that. And they kind of think, well, yeah, no, it's it's not the end of the world. Um, it's something that we can learn from and we pick ourselves up from and, and we start again and you look forward. But you do have to kind of, I suppose, take a bit of time out, process it, you know, in your mind. And then you make a decision, OK, I'm going to step away for a little while. And then you pick a date and you say, right, I'm going to start again now. And we're going to pick up the next target and focus and, and go for that. Uh, and that could well, be running or it could be you might change you know, everything you do in your yeah. life. Um, it just depends on, on the person. Well, right from the word go with the Irishman running abroad, uh, Sonia and I have talked about running as a metaphor for life. And it's part of the reasons why a lot of people listen to this show and they might not even be running anywhere. That so much of this relates to our wider lives and it's not... A, actually about putting one foot in front of the other buying fancy runners or being a member on Strava at all and I know for myself that when I'm 
looking backwards, that's when I'm at my worst. And we are in a strange time, particularly in my own, the other side of my life, the comedy side of my life. I'm wondering what the hell is next here? Like, how does this even look? I had the strangest gigs of my life over the weekend, Sonia. Anti-vaxxers at the gig having a go at me <laughs> from the crowd. You know, it's it's just a, a strange, strange kind of place to be. But honestly, I find the focus and the same uh, I guess muscles that you're exercising in terms of your mental strength in running, applying across everything that I'm doing. Now I'm not sure where drills fit into that. Like what, what is the analogy with drills to the rest of our life? And it is going to be hard enough here to explain each and every drill without the visual. That's why members of Irishman Abroad Premium over on Patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad will get the fully illustrated notes on today's show. And the recommended drills from Sonia Sullivan. I will do up those notes into a beautiful little PDF full of links and extra tips from Sonia. All you have to do is head to patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad to get those notes with every download of the show. And you also get an extra large version of the show. There's another half an hour of conversation with a deeper dive into what we're going to talk about. But what is the main reason for doing these drills? Because we've, we all know them. And if you've watched any kind of a YouTube or Instagram video at all, you'll see people doing them really well and really accurately. But they do look a bit mad, don't they, Sonia? Yeah, they can, you know, you'd notice somebody in the corner of a field doing something odd and you'd be thinking, what are they doing over there? Because they're only going about 10 or 20 metres and then they're walking Mm. back and they're going again. And I can remember years ago doing these drills in the field um, in Cove next to my school, the Cove Vocational School, and in the middle of the field, I don't know if I told the story before, my brother was playing football with some friends and here I am out there doing these drills. And when he came home after, I said, what were you doing? That's so embarrassing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Not in you front do of my like, friends. <laughs> <laughs> you do look like a bit of a clown, you know, doing these high knees and butt kicks and what do you call them? And bounding and hopping and, you know, but the thing hmm. is that you have to keep doing them. So once you start, so you make a little list normally and you'll have five or six exercises that you'll be working on and trying to get yourself good at. So you go yeah. down there and you do maybe, you know, two sets of everything through. And it really only takes 15 to 20 minutes, depending on, I suppose, where you are at with your running. Like if you're recovering from an injury or if you're coming back after a break, then they're kind of a way of, I suppose, spending time and being out there doing stuff for time that you're not running and, and mm. benefiting your your running form. And the thing is, they can feel really awkward and you're not sure if you're doing them properly. So it is useful to have somebody who knows, you know, about training, about running, about drills, to have a look at you and to kind of comment, you know, if you're doing it right or not, or or even better to meet up with a friend and do it together and help each other along. And you might do it at the start of a run. You could do it as part of your warm up, or you could go for an easy run and be warmed up and come back and do it as a kind of a, a cool down. But also to, if you do these exercises when you're a little bit tired, it can also make you think about it a bit more and um, correct like imbalances in your form. And, and really what you're trying to do is to, synchronize the way you run and to be running evenly on both sides of your body so that you're you know 
going forward in an efficient way. So it's a little bit more than lacing up the shoes and running out the door. You're actually thinking about how you're moving your legs and picking them up and just working on little muscles that, you know, often they just come along for the ride. You know, they don't really work that hard. And that's where, like we talked about this before, because I'm, I'm visualizing this now as I'm, as I'm talking mm. to you. And a lot of the drills and exercises that you do will be working your glutes and your hamstrings and your core, but they're all generally moving you forward. And, you know, we talked about backwards running before and also, you know, backwards kind of drills that you can do to just to help balance out the back of your body as well, you know, and get some muscles firing that, you know, they, they just they just sit there and you carry them along and they do no work. And if you can get the more muscles in your body that you can get to do a little bit of work and to help out, then the more efficient you are at running. Right. Well, I mean, that's a that's a great explanation as to why we should do them. There's there's no there's no doubt about it that that's legitimate and reasonable understanding as to why doing, you know, these kind of toe tip of the toe, toe walks, heel walks. We'll get into each one now from here. But honestly, I feel like this couldn't come at a better time for me because the injury that I've spoken about so much on the show about the, the stress reaction I had in my left leg was a result of kind of taking my first swing at running and it just being, I will pedal the bike rather than actually looking at the brake cables, oiling the chain, looking at the full structure of the entire vehicle. I very much did what a lot of people do is a classic rookie mistake for all the talking with you. I guess I thought, Asher, all that stuff's for people that are really into it. But now on my second phase, and as you've said, I've put out of my mind how fit I used to be. I feel like I'm much more open to the idea of doing these tiny little bits and pieces that should come along with running. And let me ask this question then with that in mind. This isn't going to take a massive amount of time, is it? If I settle into establishing a good structure and routine for doing X amount of drills each week, how much time am I looking at devoting to this? Well, I think it's a good idea to do it at least twice a week, maybe three times even if you can. But you incorporate it into your your running time that you have. So if you have an hour to go running, then you have to include the drills and the warm up into, you know, the the time you have allotted for your total running. So you might only run for half an hour by the time mm. you warm up a little bit and you do your drills, but you're getting the benefit of being out there for an hour. So I think that's what people need to appreciate a bit more is that just because you have an hour doesn't mean you have to be physically running for an hour and getting as much miles and kilometers into that hour as possible. But you can also be doing exercises to help you get the miles that you do run done a bit more efficiently and a bit more purpose and they're just benefiting you more so that when Mm. you do eventually start to run a bit more, you're carrying yourself that much better and you're less likely to get injured. And that's the key thing here is the drills do help you to get injured. They build strength and stability. And then these other drills that I've seen a lot of the athletes use here recently is hurdle drills. And I see a lot of people doing this now. And 
they're not just to improve your form and your core strength, but to improve your flexibility. And things like stepping high over hurdles and bending down low under hurdles. And, you know, you're really working the glutes and the hamstrings to kind of get yourself under there and back up again and hold your balance while you're doing it as well. I, I, I so, can't wait to get into these hurdle drills uh, because <laughs> I think they are, they look, they look bananas. But they, I can also totally understand that no one would ever think I should be doing that or that that would be of help. But after what you said at the start there, that all these other muscles that move you sideways can just get brought along for the ride if you're forever going forward. And the thing you mentioned there about I've got to be running for 30 minutes is is a little bit of Strava-itis, isn't it? It's a little bit of I've got to run for that amount of time, forgetting that yeah, there needs to be some time spent on other things. So why don't we start with the most basic drill of them all skips like this. Would you agree the skip is the most fundamental one of them all? Yeah, that's a good starting point. It's a good warm up exercise. So it's it's skipping, you know, not with a rope as we mm. <laughs> made that mistake. Yeah. Well, people, well, people always do get confused with that. Um, but it's, the you know, skipping in the schoolyard type of thing where you're skipping along yeah. and you go for, I mean, it's, 30 meters probably that you do this for so you go out and you come back and then you do the high knee skip where you exaggerate it a little bit more and you bring your knees up higher and then you do ones for for distance so you do a long step so you know you're reaching up you're reaching out so what it really is is the exaggerated running movement and you know you do feel a bit odd doing it at first and, and you do think, why am I doing this? It, it's something that you kind of think, oh, this is for sprinters or this is for elite athletes and Olympic athletes. And, and I would definitely feel this myself. And, you know, when I'm at the track with some of the athletes here, they do the drills often after their training session. And, uh, and sometimes I join in just for a bit of fun. And um, <laughs> I'm more likely to do it if there's only one athlete there than if there's a load of them there. Because I feel like if they're all there, they do the drills together. Whereas if there's one there, you can kind of help them out a little bit. But mm. I definitely feel totally stupid doing them because I'm really awkward and uncoordinated. But Stop. if I can do it, if I can like, do it more than listening once in to a this week, going, <laughs> you are not less coordinated than us. Um, like, you know, I do think that kind of when I've had the best experience of giving these a go, because you sent me a couple of WhatsApp videos and the best experience of them is after your first go of them, once you're at home with them, you don't feel like an Egypt for doing them because you're like, well, look, I know what I'm doing here. This is what it is. And it actually will help. I think that's what you have to keep telling yourself. This is, this is going to help me. <laughs> but it, it's it's they're just so odd. Like one that's down here in front of me is the is the backwards. Like front skips. I think everybody's fine with that. A high knee drive into the air uh, for 30 meters doesn't look that mad. Backwards skips, though, is the one that's down here in front of me. Uh, that sounds like you will actually you could actually fall over and hurt yourself doing that because I've never actually attempted to skip backwards but what would that even look like and yeah what's the purpose I, of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's definitely to then balance out those muscles in your back like the back of your legs you know they, they don't get much exercise you know they're sitting down all the mm. time and mm. they're walking forward or running forward cycling forward 
you know so the the one thing i suppose that i can relate a little bit to that where i find benefit and i can actually feel it this morning <laughs> because it was so hot yesterday that it was so hot i couldn't even go for a run in the morning because <laughs> it was like 40 degrees what? and it was uncomfortable uncomfortably hot so between we had one athlete eric jenkins running in the morning at 5000 meters they moved the schedule so he was on at 10 o'clock in the morning, which was already too hot. And then there was a few hours before uh, Craig and Raven were running in the afternoon at four o'clock. But then that even that got postponed to nine o'clock at night. So they went to the track at three o'clock in the afternoon only to come back again and oh, have to go gosh. back to the track at eight o'clock at night. <laughs> you know, you're going from an you know, even if you were going for a run yourself and you were postponing it for five hours, you'd be kind of thinking, you know, do, do I feel better or worse now after sitting and waiting here? Mm. But while, while while we had that downtime in the middle, and it was too hot to go for a run, I decided I was going to go into the gym and do some exercises. And the one thing that relates to me with the backwards skipping is there's like a, a backwards lunge that you can do with mm. weights. And, and I hadn't done weights as regularly recently as as i had when we were up in park city at the training camp so i went in there you know full force and trying to cram as much as i could into a, a good half an hour in this gym in a garage that was like a friggin' sauna it was so hot <laughs> <laughs> but you know if you, if you, <laughs> i tell you this was like hot gym is what this was and but I was determined that I was going to do something. And, you know, when you really kind of sweat a lot, you feel like you've actually done something and you feel good. Mm, <laughs> so that's, 100%. that's what I was into doing all my squats and my backward lunges. And I can actually feel it when I'm walking around this morning. And But it's a good soreness. You know, you kind of feel like, oh, yeah, I must remember to do this a bit more regularly now because, you know, you just feel like you're engaging the muscles again and, and the power is going to come back. And uh, and you'll feel better when you go out for a run. This the static exercises that you do in the gym can help you. You know something like backwards skips. It's a bit. It takes a bit of coordination and confidence to do something like that. Especially if you're you know running down the street or in a local park and you're not sure what's going to be behind you. So to just do the backward lunges to practice that movement will give you a little bit. I suppose of a a kind of a engaging the muscles that would be required to do the backward skipping. I must give that a go myself now today yeah. and see if I can do it. Because I've, I've done the running, but the skipping, I'm not sure I've ever done that. It's a peculiar one. But again, I brought it up because like it's just it's again, as you're saying, they're just muscles that get forgotten. The sideways stuff, though, is one that I'd be scared of. Now, that's probably because I'm thinking, you know, I've had hip issues in the past, but this is the hurdles that you're talking about, right? This is where the emphasis of the drill isn't just about exaggerating what is the uh, running motion, whether that's a high hugging your knee into your chest and then putting it down and going to the next one and moving forward. The sideways ones are you you talk to me about what these are what they look like and what ones should a beginner do for the sideways ones so yeah um, crossovers and the likes 
Oh, so things like the grapevine. Have you heard of the grapevine? Oh, no, no. This is like, Sonia, I'm completely <laughs> ignorant to all of this and I, I'm not a drill doer. So you, you've got a blank canvas here. Fill us in. Okay. Well, yeah, as you say, most of the drills are forward moving. And then the sideways ones, they're a bit more, they're a bit of a dance sometimes to do them. So instead of going forwards up the track or the field, you turn to the side and it's, we definitely need to find a video of this to put up, I think, because hmm. it's very difficult to explain it. And it's one where you have to get the flow going smoothly. And once you get it, then it's quite good fun. So you go one direction and you come back the other way and you just kind of cross your legs over each other as I you know go along. Ones. So there's a twist of the hips to this one where so one leg crosses in front and one crosses behind. That's it. And you have your hands out to the side to keep your balance as well. And it's that that's more like a warm up drill, I think that mm. kind of just gets things moving and flowing and yeah, waking the muscles up a little bit. So that and it's a little bit advanced as well that I think. And but I think what it is, is, you know, the running drills can be a little bit serious and intense. But then mm. and, and you, you often use these drills when you're working with, you know, young children and, um, you know, trying to get them engaged and you know, having a bit of fun and a laugh and you get them to do the grapevine and, and it's when they all start giggling and laughing and, you know, it's, and, and, and so adults do too because you're saying, how do I do this? I can't quite get this right. And then once you figure it out, you kind of think, oh, I got it, I got it. But you, it's like you have to engage your brain with the movement and mm. then once it clicks, so it's a bit like Irish dancing. Like some of these drills are, like when you do the kind of, high knee like the a skip and the b skip and then you try and do them at a faster pace if you have any kind of dancing coordination it looks fantastic like there was one of the girls on our team uh shannon robbery she did irish dancing as a child and so she came along to the training one day and the girls were showing her some of the drills they were doing and she just got it straight away because she was just used to that movement from dancing and she looked fantastic. And I'm like, how did you do that? Pick that up so quickly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so your dancing yeah. is going to, is going to stand to you on these ones. It, it, like, yeah, that, yeah. So this is good for Irish, Irish runners out there. Now we'll do with this. The grapevine yeah, is the sideways one. And then you have the, the A skip and the B skip at high pace are ones where you're kind of, yeah, it's like you're dancing. And that's hmm. the forward version of the, the, the grapevine. Okay, well, these are, as I say, these will all be in the notes over on Patreon if you want to really dig into Sonia's advice on this. Trevor can't make it today, but he is going to come along next week to our episode to uh, give his advice and tell us a few like he told me a few hilarious horror stories of people training for marathons and just trying to do too much. As Sonia said last week, train for where you are, not for where you want to be. So Trevor Cummins will be back next week in the extended episode of the show. Before we say goodbye to our iTunes and SoundCloud listeners, we've got to get your tip of the week, Sonia. Tip of the week, 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 tip of the week. It's Sonia's tip of the week. The tips of the week are so uh, solid, Sonia, that they they do remain with me each time you've said it. 
uh, write it down, plan it out. These kind of things are just such fundamental building blocks of how all of us should be training, no matter what our level. Is that the way you're approaching these tips of the week? And what, what is the one for this week? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, they have to be key to get into your head and something that you think about when you're out for a run. And that can keep coming back to you. So I think for this week, I don't know, is it really a tip of the week? But I think the key is to be patient. And, you know, sometimes we can get ahead of ourselves and we look too far down the track. Whereas I think we have to look at where we are right now and to appreciate the amount of running that you can do now. And then when you come around next week that you, you know, you take one step forward and you don't kind of think, I wish I could do more or I need to do more. But you actually have a good review of where you're at in your running week and you kind of assess where you're at and then appreciate what you can do at the moment and look at where you want to go to, but take it one step at a time rather than jumping too far ahead. And, and I suppose like, this comes to me because whenever you say, you know, the marathon, we want to talk about the marathon training, it just seems such a huge leap ahead. Mm-hmm. And even though you might not think you're running very much at the moment, you've made a lot of progress from, you know, four weeks ago. You're running a lot Big more time. than you were back Big then. Time. And I think sometimes we have to remind ourselves of where we're at and, and where we've come from and not always be impatient and wanting to do more. It's a, it's a rock solid tip of the week. And I am still doing that kind of uh, sweat that you do when you're sitting down post run, showered and all the rest, watered and fed after doing my first 30 minute run since the start of April and uninterrupted that is I mean I've been taking walk breaks before and yeah I did come home Sonia thinking to myself oh it's only 30 minutes but now that you say it 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 is it isn't about anything other than appreciating where you are I'm massively grateful to uh, you and Trevor Cummins for getting me back running at all. I mean, I really did wonder if it was going to happen at all. And if you're listening to this now and you're injured and you're thinking, I don't know if it's going to happen, it will. And it it will happen if, if you're patient. I'm speaking from experience here. I couldn't have done it without you and Trevor. I couldn't have done it without our Strava members over on strava.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. What I say to people now about Strava is if your partner won't listen to you talk about running, that's what Strava's for. <laughs> You're going to get an awful lot more appreciation and understanding over there because somebody who isn't running is going to find it quite boring. <laughs> and Strava has been that for me through this process. And uh, I'm massively grateful to all those people and to our patrons over on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad, the lifeblood of the Irishman Abroad Podcast Network. There's so much to discover over there, including hundreds and hundreds of episodes of our big interview with Eamon Dunphy on on Sunday with some cold, hard reality about what's happening in Ireland and a little bit of hope as well. Head over, start enjoying the benefits for the price of a coffee each month. That's one cup of coffee. That's all you'll have to pay and you get access to the bonus content, the extra episode notes with Sonia and lots, lots more at patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. Brian Connolly is on sound. John Marr does the extra research team and Mikey make it all possible. And uh, I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks so much, Sonia. 
One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise. Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress.